Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. I'm glad you could join me again for episode 87. I think this is 87. So high already, that's amazing. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you're having a fantastic week. Also, thank you, everyone, or not everyone, but thank you to some of you who have joined my group lessons recently. It was uh, great to meet all of you, and yeah, I hope to continue doing them. At the moment, every Friday and Sunday, I'm doing online group lessons. So if you want to join, let me know. But it's been a lot of fun meeting some of you and practicing English with you. Also, don't forget, you can see the transcript for this episode uh, if you go to the show notes or you can go to the website uh, levelupenglish.school. Then you can find the show notes for this podcast episode and read and the transcript over there and read everything I'm saying while I'm saying it. So hopefully that will be a big help to you. In addition to that, well, I'm going to keep it secret for now, but I have a lot of exciting news coming up probably in the new year, 2021. I have a lot of exciting news, a lot of new things happening on Level Up English and maybe another business I might be working on, but we'll see, we'll see. But for now, I want to get into today's topic. I haven't done much preparation for this, so this is going to be purely off the top of my head um, because I feel like I've got a lot of good ideas, but we're going to see how it goes. So I often say I think making English fun, making language learning fun, is one of the most important things you can do. So when you're learning English, do whatever you can to make it fun, make it enjoyable. It doesn't have to be so boring as it was in school. Now, for me personally, I don't mind it being a bit boring. You know, I quite enjoy, you know, learning the grammar when it comes to a language. I quite enjoy repeating sentences and writing things down. And I know many of you will as well. So it's really a personal preference you have to figure out what is best for you. What do you enjoy doing? Many people will enjoy, you know, watching TV and movies in English. For me, it's not that enjoyable when, you know, learning Japanese, for example, I don't really enjoy watching a TV show in Japanese. It's just not something that I can really get into. But I do enjoy listening to podcasts. So I know what I like and I make sure to do that. I make sure I'm listening to podcasts and practicing that way because it's what I enjoy. But I'm just going to kind of ramble today and hopefully give you some ideas on how to make English fun. And remember, if a grammar textbook is boring for you, simply don't use it. I think this is one thing that's good to that's good to get out of the way right now, and that is it's, yeah, it's just not necessary. So the method that I use that seems to work quite well for me and other people is, you know, learning a language through input 
and that is, you know, it could be through speaking, but also through listening and reading. And when you're learning that way, you may occasionally come across some grammar that you don't know. If this happens, especially if it happens a couple times, more than once, then you can kind of actively research in a book online and you can learn it that way. So you're basically learning the grammar when it comes up in your, you know, whatever you're doing, in your daily use. Because I think the downside of learning from a textbook is you're learning all these grammar rules and often we don't even use them that that much. There might be some rules that we rarely use, but they're still in a grammar book. So I think it's a good idea to learn in context. That's just my method anyway. So I'm going to go through some random other ways that you could try to make it a bit more fun. So one thing that I love, which I'm sure a lot of you are doing already, is listening to music. I love finding a good band or a good song in a language I'm learning. It's quite rare because a lot of the music I like isn't in these other countries, but luckily for you, English is probably or almost definitely the most popular language for music. So there are endless genres, types of music that you could listen to, and it's it might be a good way to learn some vocabulary, practice hearing the pronunciation. You know, it's important to remember they're not going to be the same as the way people speak because things are kind of lengthened and distorted. But apart from that, I think it's a really good way to make it fun and kind of build some motivation. So when I listen to a song, maybe let's say in Chinese, I get so kind of excited. I get want to like dive into the culture a bit more. I want to start studying again. It just puts me in that language learning mood. So finding some music is a really nice thing you can do and hopefully a fun thing to do as well. Another thing that you might consider trying, this is a new one for me, and this is using English to cook recipes. You know, This year I've really gotten into cooking a lot more. I'm making a lot more recipes, trying to make them look nice and beautiful and healthy. And I don't actually use this method. I mean, not yet anyway, but maybe I will from now on. It might be a good challenge for you to use English recipes because, you know, if you misunderstand anything, you might mess up the meal and it puts a bit more you know, seriousness onto your onto your learning. So I find that when there is a necessity to understand English, you are more likely to pay attention rather than like a TV show where it's much easier to you know, not really pay attention because you don't need to understand. So think of these things where you have, you actually have to understand, like, you know, turning your phone to English, using an English recipe, something like that. I think that's a fun way to do it. I could mention this at the end, but I think it probably makes more sense to talk about it now because it's so important and it's probably my top way, my top rule to make English fun or to make language learning fun in general. And that is with friends, with friends. I feel like I mentioned this before somewhere. I wonder if I said this on a previous podcast episode, 
I've done so many now, I'm kind of forgetting, but it doesn't matter if I repeat myself because it's a really good point, I think, and that is find friends to practice with. I like to use uh, HelloTalk or I, there's also one called, um, I think it's called mylanguageexchange.com. And these are really fantastic ways to find friends either in your area or in another country. And it just makes it more fun, even though it kind of, it can be scary for many people. I think it's a lot more fun where you can practice with someone, especially when they're from that culture. You can discuss the culture with them, discuss the language. It's a really fun thing to do. I do have another, well, I have a YouTube video all about finding a language partner. And I think it's quite useful. So if you have any doubts on how to find a language partner, check out my YouTube video at English with Michael. But yeah, online friends, a really fun thing to do. And if you live in a city, even try to do like meetups in real life. You know, obviously at the moment, they might be kind of social distance, mask wearing meetups. But I've done that a few times in London and it's always so fun just to meet up, go to a cafe, chat in maybe both languages. It just makes it a lot more enjoyable and it kind of makes the language real. Rather than something so abstract or in a textbook, you're making it real. It's a really nice thing to do. Another thing you could try if you're into this is video games. This is something that I thought about before I don't have much time for video games these days, but I would love to do more of this. So if you have like a decent computer, you could get Steam. Steam is like a kind of video game buying platform. And by the way, I hope you can't hear the construction workers outside too loud at the moment. They're kind of um, cutting down some trees, I think. So hopefully it's not picking up too much on the microphone. But yes, anyway, so video games. It's a really good thing if you can do that. Maybe find a game that you like. There are some, you know, on Steam, for example, you can sort by language. Um, I There's a few in Japanese, but not so many. But, you know, maybe you do this anyway. Maybe if you like games, you already play the games in English. And I think it's such a great way to learn because you can really get immersed in the game. You know, you can really get so deeply involved and you're kind of having so much fun that you kind of forget it's in English anyway, maybe. And a lot of my younger learners, my my uh, younger students, the ones that have really good English are kind of the ones that play the most video games. And I know that sounds a bit strange for many parents, but they have so much immersion in English video games that they're kind of learning without even realizing. And some of them are playing online games and meeting friends online. So that's another thing you could consider. And even if you're not a big gamer person, I'm sure there's some games you would enjoy. You know, I think something like Mario Kart or these kind of Nintendo games, this is stuff that almost everyone likes, right? I've never met anyone who doesn't like a good game of Mario Kart. Not that that's a great one for English, but, you know, I would probably recommend like a, a role-playing game, an RPG. So these are the games where you kind of pick your character and you get really, really deeply involved in the story of the game. You know, one of my favorites would be like Skyrim or Fallout, the Fallout series. I used to play these 
many, many hours at a time. And that might be good for language learning too. As I said before, you know, changing your phone to English, that's a common one. I, <laughs> I personally, I always change it to Japanese. I want to kind of practice. But a lot of the language there is very, it's quite advanced because like, if you go to the settings on your phone, it's quite hard language, a lot of that. And I always get frustrated that I can't read it quickly. So that's a bit of a shame, but oh well. You could try it if you have more luck than me. Maybe it's a bit more, a bit more useful for you. <laughs> oh, and I just had a, another interesting idea that came to mind. So something that's become very popular in the UK and also around the world is a fitness YouTuber. And I've also been joining in sometimes with his videos and it's so, so enjoyable. He keeps it really fun. And he is a British guy. I think he's from Essex, maybe, which is in the southeast. So he does have like a, it's all, I don't like to say this, but maybe you could say he has like a non-standard accent. And of course, that's not to say it's bad or anything. So don't think of it that way. You know, everyone has an accent, right? But this is the Body Coach TV, Body Coach TV. So the host called Joe Wicks, I believe, he does like weekly videos these days on just kind of keeping fit at home. No equipment, exercising maybe for 20 minutes or 15 minutes in your own living room. And it's a great way to keep fit, but also a really, really good way to learn some English. You know, he's talking about practical things like different phrases for fitness moves and positions and parts of the body and movements and verbs. So it's a good way to do it. I mean, this is exactly what I did or similar to what I did in Japan, where I did like a yoga class in Japan. And again, it's it's that necessity. It's that you have to learn or you have to understand what they're saying. Otherwise, you can't join in. So it's really, it really pushes you to listen more carefully. And you might even be surprised at just how much you understand you know, in Japan, they're talking about, you know, move your left arm under your right arm and stretch your legs apart and all these kind of things that is quite useful phrases and a lot of new stuff for me. And I had that feeling of pride by the end of it, like, wow, I was able to follow the rules just by listening. That's amazing. So you might get the same thing. So I would recommend the Body Coach TV. Search for it on YouTube, try one of the episodes and not only is that going to be a fun way to learn, it will keep you fit and keep you happy. So definitely give that a try if you can. There's one tip that I read somewhere online on a blog post as well, and this was to play Scrabble. This is something I've never thought of before, but I think this would be so fun, so interesting to play as a kind of learning practice. So for those who don't know, Scrabble is a game where you have tiles, like these little squares with the alphabet on them. Your job is to play against someone else to make words on the board. And whoever can make the longest or the best word basically gets the most points. So if you put down the word fun, F-U-N, you might get three points, you know, something like that. But then if you can put down the word extraordinary, 
then you get many, many points. And also you use an X. So I think you get more points for Xs. So it's a really good way to practice your vocabulary and have a lot of fun as well. And you might even learn some vocabulary from your opponent, from the other person playing. They might put down a word and you're like, wait, is that a real word? I've never heard of that. And then you can learn the word together. You could get a Scrabble board, which would be a great thing to do, um, especially in this kind of winter season, if you are you know, celebrating the holidays like we do in the UK. Board games are a great, a great way to do that and pass the time. Or I'm pretty sure there are some online games. You can find a website where you can play Scrabble for free. This might be a fun way to pass the time and learn some vocabulary as well. And it might be quite hard to win against a native speaker because they know probably a lot more words. But, you know, give it a go. You might find it enjoyable. It might be a nice thing to try. My final tip today is a, a more general one, I would say. And this is something I've mentioned before. So think about what you like to do in your native language. What hobbies do you have? Whatever you do, whatever you like to do, just do it in the language you're learning. Do it in English. It can be as simple as that. And there are always some ways to do that. So just to give you an example, I love hiking. I love traveling. I love things related to food and healthy eating. I'm also a big fan of like meditation and Buddhist, Buddhist philosophy, that kind of stuff. So I basically find blogs that talk about all these topics in Japanese. And I've got like a them all saved in my bookmarks on my browser. And every morning I read, or my, my goal anyway, is to spend 15 minutes reading some of these texts. I do pick up a lot of new words, but I'm happy to learn the new words because it's a topic I really, really enjoy learning about. And actually, I have learned a lot from these websites. So even in addition to the language and the vocabulary, I'm actually learning some really interesting things that I would be reading about anyway. So that's a really nice thing you can be doing. You know, it really is possible to immerse yourself in English, no matter where you are in the world. It will take some effort. You have to make some big changes. You know, it could be like thinking in English. That takes a big change to just consciously try to use English in your day. Surrounding yourself, changing all of your, you know, technology to English language settings. That is kind of a, a big change to things as well. Maybe starting to read more English books. All of these kind of things, it's very possible. And people who do that often improve very quickly, I have noticed. But it will take some sacrifice. You know, it's not something you can do so easily. So you have to think about your priorities, you know. Are you willing to do that? If you do, you will be rewarded by improving a lot. Maybe you don't want to kind of give that much time to English. Maybe it's not priority number one. And that's completely fine. That's kind of my attitude. You know, I like to spend maybe even one hour a day studying. But I don't really want to have 100% of my life in a foreign language. It's, I, you know, I have other priorities as well. So that's the kind of compromise that I have made. So you have to think about how much time you're willing to put in. But just remember, your output will always roughly equal your input. 
or maybe I should say that the other way around. Your input will roughly equal your output. So the more you put in, the more you will get out. So if you're complaining that you're not improving enough, that might be somewhere to start looking. Okay, I'm sure I will think of many more ideas later, but right now I have exhausted my uh, list, my mental list. So I'm going to stop here. Before we go, I'm going to thank some podcast reviews and give you a quote from my Instagram page, just to kind of give you some motivation or inspiration before we go. So I have two reviews to read today. So thank you to these guys. One of them is written in Arabic, so I cannot read their name. Oh, yes, I can. So this is from Zuhor. I think their name is Zuhor. And they said, thank you very much. I like your podcast. I hope someday you can talk about how we can improve our skills in writing. Academic writing for IELTS. That's a good request. I actually do get a lot of requests for writing, surprisingly. And yeah, I I don't know why I've never really spoken about that. So I will put it on my notes and I will think about how I can talk about that in a future episode. So thank you for that request as well. I had one more from Riri Alessa and they said, the best way to learn English is this podcast. Very useful. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you both uh, very much for the five-star reviews. It really does help me a lot and it helps other people hear about the podcast. So that's very nice. I had a quote on Instagram today. My memory is terrible. So I hope I didn't read this one last week. If I did, then you get a double quote. So (laughs) this one is very simple. If you do not like how things are, change them. This is by someone called Jim Ron, or Jim Rohn, perhaps. Very simple. If you don't like how things are, change them. It's very simple advice, but I think important to remember, whether that is in your life, it's always possible to change. At the very least, you can change the way you think about it, right? And if you don't like where you are with your English level, how can you make a change? What can you do to improve? So I'll leave you with that today. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.